Hello everyone, it's Saturday, April 8th. Welcome to Pop Goes the Girls, where we, two sisters born a decade apart, take a foray through our respective journeys through pop culture. I'm Daisy Kosh. And I'm Chelsea Davidson. This episode is not sponsored by Fruit by the Foot, despite the fact that we will be eating them the entire episode. What flavor is yours? Rippin' Berry. Rippin' Berry. You know, the good one. Oh, that says Rippenberry as well. Yeah, you got yourself a Rippenberry and you got yourself a Blue Raspberry. Blue Raspberry. Yeah. Okay. Blue Raspberry, I told you it's more sour, so you can do what you want. I think I'm going to rip into the Rippenberry. If you ever want to know which the Rippenberry is, it's the one that has the red and the blue side that every child loves. And us being children at heart, (laughs) we're enjoying them just the same. Anyway, each week we will talk about a pop culture artifact that has shaped us and why they are memorable to us. Sorry, my mouthful. Okay, we also have a fan theory fight club where we argue the merits or detriments of some of the fan theories surrounding interpreting different pop culture items. And lastly, we'll play a quick round of Twist the Sister where one of us loves something that the other hates or hasn't watched in Chelsea's case. (laughs) And we'll open it up to a poll for you, our lovely listeners, to decide which sister is right. And it's fine that it's always me. Chelsea's got used to it now with the how many years of life have I been beating you with people's opinions? Would you say 22 years? 22. How many, how that many sounds right to me, too, Chelsea. going to be beating you, period, <laughs> after this? Anyway. Oh, my God. So, for our pop culture artifact for this week, we have... Why don't you tell them, Chelsea? Sorry, I got a mouthful of food still. <laughs> That's a problem with food by the foot. Kind of gets stuck to the roof of your mouth. Okay. Um, yes, pop culture artifact this week is The Wedding Singer. I'm not in love with Robbie now. I'm in love with Robbie six years ago. Robbie, the lead singer of Final Warning. When I used to come and watch you from the front row in your spandex pants, your silk shirt unbuttoned, licking the microphone like David Lee Roth. I still got the spandex. I'll put them on right now. The point is, I woke up this morning and I realized I'm about to marry a wedding singer? Uh, very nostalgia overload for both of us whenever we watch it, even yeah, though I don't think neither of us were born for yeah, I was the just time that say, it's supposed to be set in. Is it nostalgia overload if you were not born at the time that it happened? I already told you, when mom was born, There's gotta be a word I that. was born too. <laughs> and it just didn't happen until 2000. That's a little fucked up. What? But, like, the 70s, that feels like when I was about 10. The 80s, I was in my teens, oh. early 20s. The oh. 90s, I was loving friends in my 30s. You're, you're getting into back to the future territory here. That is yeah. so, so weird. That you're you telling think... me that you don't relate more to 70s and 80s stuff than you do to some of the shit that came out in the 90s and 2000s? Yeah, but my brain doesn't say, oh, when my mom was born, I was born. That's... that's... Well, my brain doesn't say that. I'm just telling you that that is the truth of the matter. The stuff that our mom would have been watching in the 70s feels like what we watched when we were no. mom's age. No, I'm later than that. I'm like 80s, 90s. That's the stuff I watch. Yeah, you are the Madonna girl. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I will take that. When Madonna <laughs> thrived, I thrived. <laughs> anyway, we're getting very distracted. So The Wedding Singer, uh, for those of you that haven't seen it, uh, Adam Sandler, Masterpiece, same as all the other ones. Uh, he <laughs> he is a wedding singer. Are you saying that only because he just got the Mark Twain Prize for humor? No, I I genuinely think specifically for me, it's like if it's a Sandler and Barrymore combo. But you're not. You have me. But what about Aniston? I like some of his stuff that he does with Jennifer Aniston. Well, they make a constant joke. How does he get beautiful women like Jennifer Aniston and Drew Barrymore? 
to fall in love with him because there's like constant jokes that Adam well, Sandler's not the most attractive we'll, we'll man, get into but he's funny and that is attractive. We'll get into that next it works. episode. We'll yeah. get into that next episode. It involves brain injuries. <laughs> Oh, um, anyway, so wedding singer. Adam Sandler's character is a wedding singer. He loves love. He's going to be getting married soon. He meets Julia, who is played by Drew Barrymore, who is a waitress at said wedding because they go to the same venue a lot. And she's also getting married. Uh, long story short, he's left at the altar, really miserable for a while. Kind of is in a bit of a downward spiral midlife crisis or quarter life crisis because he's only supposed to be in his 20s um, or 30. Uh, and then he decides he's going to help Drew Barrymore with her wedding because she asks him to. But it's not the purest of motives, because I would argue he's in love with her from, like, the second he sees her. Did I just space that? Did you mention that he was cheated on? No, I didn't mention that. That was, that was you. You did that just now. (laughs) Yeah, that's, okay, spoiler alert. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, Adam Sandler's character is cheated on, and that is kind of a catalyst for a lot of what happens. Yeah. Because he's depressed and he's low. And And he doesn't want to be a wedding singer anymore. anymore. He only does bat mitzvahs, and there's, like, one Jewish family in town. Yeah. So it's not a a lot of work. It's a, it's a great movie because it's, it plays on the expectation. Wedding singer, you know, happy, joyful, that kind of thing, because they're weddings, right? Happy, joyful. But, and, and he is... There's the, a scene where he is not happy and joyful and he tries to do a wedding. And yeah. you know exactly why the wedding singer has to be happy and cheerful. Yes, yeah. When I really... they sing. Okay, I really love this movie. Yeah, I love it too. Well, yeah. I watched it because you turn around and you say, you haven't seen The Wedding Singer? You could, which is basically... My anything, reaction! Anything I've ever not seen, you <laughs> you haven't seen it! We're putting it on! Yeah. And then that's what happens. Yeah. So I saw The Wedding Singer, I was probably about... Ten? You're welcome. I was probably about ten. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how old you were, because I probably wasn't alive. I don't know. When did it come out? Because that's pretty much when I saw it. Uh, isn't it like a 2000s movie, even though it's supposed to take place in the 80s? I thought it was 90s movie. It could be a 90s movie. Oh, well. There's a lot of things that Adam Sandler does that's nostalgic, it's, it's so you late can't 90s. pinpoint when it was actually done. <laughs> it's late 90s, early 2000s. Um, but yes, it's... it's I, I think why it had such a large impact on me, beyond the music, because we already know that I am obsessed with the 80s music, um, is that there was like a very nice sweetness to the characters and very frequently you know when you have love triangles or or that kind of thing that comes up in movies you usually have to have you do have people that are split i've noticed with love triangles like you have that printed third oh there's no there's 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 no in this love triangle there it's not like you're on one of their side and the other one the third point in the triangle is like mustache twizzling evil yeah so you don't you don't have any it's like (laughs) it's like a new version of like waluigi versus versus the pretty couple (laughs) it doesn't look like waluigi but yes yes yes, you definitely have that glenn glenn doesn't look like waluigi but glenn is a dick yeah. You'll Glenn figure that Glia. out if you ever watch the movie. Um, yeah, no, no. I I find that, though, when you have a lot of these sorts of... Maybe that's why it makes it so much easier for the character to be this way. Because he's kind of like the antidote for all of the cynicism and the negativity. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it, it, it also plays in as well. It really does that well in terms of, okay, it's going to feed into the 80s thing, but how do you create a villain that feeds into that? And the villain... Well, I shouldn't say villain, but... He kind of is a villain. He's a Miami Vice-loving stockbroker dick. Yeah, he's he's a yuppie. Yeah. And the worst kind of yuppie. Um, So that's, I think that's probably the best way to to make it so that the nice character 
nice workaday. He doesn't have all of the qualities that he needs to, to be perfect for you know his leading lady but also it's a situational thing because usually in a situation where you have someone where you have a guy friend who is in love with you and you're getting married that's a bad thing adam sandler would be the villain in that situation he is the guy that's trying to ruin a relationship but it's really the other way around because he sees her for who she is he cares more for her than her actual fiance okay have you seen my best friend's wedding Yes. Okay. But I don't like it. Which okay. Which will probably end so, up leading to it yes. with the sister in the future. So my best friend's... No, that's good to know, because I, yeah. I quite enjoy my best friend's wedding. So it my, makes me so angry. My best friend's wedding, though, has, has Julia Roberts. <laughs> Why? Why? They're is, both better than him. Say that again. Why is anyone fighting over Dermot Mulroney in that movie? <laughs> he's, he's like... I'm watching it, I'm like, oh my god, Julia, why are you in love with him? And then Cameron's in love with him. Why are you in love with him? You yeah. both can do better. Yeah, I don't understand why Cameron is. Julia makes... A, Anyway, okay, we're, we're getting we're going very way sidetracked. Track. Sorry, continue. So the focus, the, what I was trying to focus in on there is that Julia Roberts does not play like we still like her because it's Julia Roberts and she, and she's charismatic, but she plays somebody who's doing something that's not very nice, and we're not entirely on board with what she's doing. Oh, it's a very morally gray thing that she's doing, but at the yeah. same time, you have been that person. Morally gray? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that it veers way more yeah. into the unethical territory, but but at the same time... You felt what she's felt, so you understand and you yeah. can sympathize with her. It's, it's not just you love Julia Roberts, so you, it works. At no it's point, because though, you same situation, yeah. same situation in The Wedding Singer, but yeah. at no point do you feel like he's doing something unethical. For some reason, you're like, it's totally fine. You feel completely differently for Adams. I don't know if that's just like the amazingness that is Adam Sandler yeah. in this role, but I. Never but I think it's because feel... he's sweet. Because he's he he's genuinely he's just a kind sweet and, and kind. sweet person, and that's that's what ends up leading to one of their fights later. He's like, "Well, well you're with him because he's got money, so I'm gonna go get money." And like he's yeah. so pure about it. He's like, "I need a job, sir. I need business cards. I need to look professional." Yeah. He he clearly is not a professional. The fact that he's begging a man for business cards. Yeah. But he cares enough to. Ask. He's like at so, the Kinkos being like, this is how I obtain a girl. Yeah. I need those business cards. Yeah. I need to look oh. professional. And, but yeah, I for me also, some of the songs that come out of Adam Sandler in this movie make the movie for me. When he, he's like on the stage, he goes, just to let you know, I was listening to The Cure a lot before I made this. Yes. And then he <laughs> proceeds to sing the funniest song. It's a half and half song. Yes. He wrote the first half while mm. he was engaged. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a sweet part at the beginning, very whispery, and then, it is all bullshit! <laughs> it's so funny. Yes. And you can see, there's there's a very clear Just type line. in wedding singer songs, that, and you'll get a laundry list of funny classics that Adam Sandler has clearly just yeah. sat there and been like, what if I was in this situation? And he wrote something hilarious. And for mm-hmm. me, I think one of the sweetest things is when he writes, I want to grow old with you. Yeah. And it's so good. I know all the words to it. Yes, we both know all the words yeah. to it. Uh, we're not going to force you to listen to us oh, sing, because no, that would be cruel. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I love that so much. I would say that's morally gray. Yeah. <laughs> it's morally black. We shouldn't do that. Uh, but it is It is so sweet. Uh, if, if you want to ever listen to it, just search up I Want to Grow Old with You, The Wedding Singer, and they will play the whole scene for you. It's so sweet. They got Billy. Just, no, no. Just they got Billy to do the movie as well. Yes, Billy Idol. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there are some cameos in it that I, yes. I found quite impressive. Yeah. Um, I'm opening another fruit by the foot. But yes, I would actually recommend, don't don't search up the, the, the movie is so good as a whole, 
and, watch and the, the whole con- thing. Yeah. But then if the you context. just want to go through like a highlight reel of the awesome music, that's when you go back and then... <laughs> the context is really what helps the movie, the songs, yeah. be particularly funny or particularly sweet. So I do recommend yeah. actually going through it all. All right, I'm opening another Fruit by the Foot. This is your sour one. This is, a, this is sour? It's okay. more sour. All right. I don't particularly like the blue raspberry one, which oh, is Oh, it's all one color. It's like a blue-green color. Yeah. Oh, sure. All right. All right, go on. Sorry, anyway, don't wait for me. Um, so on to the next one. So our fan three fight club for this week is Charlie's Angels. I already have a team rebuilding the office. It'll be better than new by the time you get back. Thank you, Charlie. Is there any chance that you would be joining us, Charlie? I'd love to, Angels. But I have some precious treasures to watch over. Oh, come on, Charlie. We'll make it fun. Yeah, we're drinking from coconuts and buddhas. Coconuts. <laughs> so, Charlie, how will we ever know you really, truly exist unless you come down here and have a coconut with us? <laughs> faith, angels. It's called faith. And we're not talking, like, OG Charlie's Angels, Farrah Fawcett hair, while that is decent. We are talking Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, Cameron Diaz starring in Charlie's Angels from 2000, isn't it? Like 2000 era, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's 2000. Uh, year I was born, and they brought out a great movie just for me. I love Charlie's <laughs> Angels. I I grew up watching Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, Cameron Diaz. I would watch this yearly for me. Because I, I was very much the person that I felt like Drew Barrymore... And I felt like I was that, like, rough-and-tumble, like, scrappy fighter. Because, like, while they're doing Krav Maga and karate in it, Drew Barrymore hops on the guy's back and is like, get off! I never got that. <laughs> I loved it so much. Because they all have very different fighting styles. Mm-hmm. I loved that she was kind of uh, edgy and rough. Because I did, I lean I leaned towards those characters when I was younger. I loved Buttercup from Powerpuff Girls. I loved... Dylan Saunders and Charlie's Angels. I like the girl that Any was character rough. Christina Ritchie played, basically. Yes, fans of. yes. Any Christina Ritchie character I liked. Even when she was going into, like, her, like, ingenue era and she was, you know, white-haired, sleepy hollow Christina Ritchie. Yeah. Even then I was like, yeah, Christina Ritchie! So she she's my girl. To, she tend to be a little bit more rough and tumble. Yeah. Well, okay. for me it was, like, Roberta now and then as well. Anyway, getting distracted. Um, the fan theory for this week, uh... I found on Reddit, apparently this was a post from like 10 years ago, from someone I think named Pre-Zombie. Uh, they created a thing <laughs> that basically- it was 10 years ago? Yeah, it was Well, like now t- they're full zombies. Yeah, now, yeah. But don't bump! Okay, sorry, okay. my bad joke aside. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, uh, their theory is that Charlie's identity is not in fact a person, and that Charlie is AI. And they think this because Charlie is only ever heard, he's never seen, even in the movie where it is teased that it is him on the beach, there's always a possibility that it is, in fact, not him at all, uh, and that it's just a regular stranger because none of them have ever seen him. Or they could be thinking that that's him and it's not him. Yes, yeah, just because he happens to be on the phone when he's making, when they're on the phone with Charlie. Um, And uh, his voice changes several times from the original series to... Uh, Charlie's Angels in 2002, even the new one, Elizabeth Banks. He could have a cold. His voice has changed that much, has it? Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the missions that Charlie assigns are also very random and obscure. Like, in one Charlie's Angels, they're helping Sam Rockwell get his company back, 
And in the next one, they're trying to save the government from being in deep shit and save, like, witness protection people. It's very random stuff, but it tends to usually be for the greater good of humanity or improve the world in some way. So how does that have anything to do with AI, with it being... Hold on. Well, anyway. I I hate when you tell me to hold on. I want to know! You won't let me explain the theory, and then you start asking questions. I'm like, just wait, woman. Anyway, so Charlie also is the first name in the military phonetic alphabet, which you know. Yeah, Charlie. Alpha Bravo Charlie. Yes, Charlie's the first actual name that you could use. Uh, Charlie himself, or itself, whatever you want to call it. I gotta it. say, I would have preferred Mike's Angels. Because <laughs> M is Mike. <laughs> hey, it's Mike's Angels! Mikey! You got some ages up in here. Anyway, uh, so the AI itself is supposed to be kind of uh, born in the original internet of ARPANET? If I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, and he or it, whatever you want to call it, has access to millions of pages of information and can uh, figure out what he could, what information he could steal and devise the whole angels program as a way of uh, improving or altering the course of, you know, history and fixing society was why he created the angels. It's the whole theory behind it. Okay. And you go, okay, why women? Well, females are usually on a sociological level more adaptable than men are and so that's right yes especially <laughs> in western society and western cultures so that's why the angels are always female you never see a, a guy angel and you're like oh yeah get it no you don't want to see that no one cares also the guy who voices charlie also could be someone who is either close to the arpanet or in modern times could be someone that's like an aspiring voice actor who thinks he's getting a job for something, but he's just voicing Charlie, and that's why his voice could change over time. They're just okay. getting some, like, newcomer who doesn't know really what's going on to just voice something. Some naive twit. Yes, okay. exactly, a naive twit. Um, and the, the only other thing is that Charlie's goal as a result of this, we don't know if it's good or bad, because he's created the Angels program for good, or it looks that way because he gives them obscure missions for the greater good of humanity. Or is he just turning around and kind of building trust with people to gain money for other future plans that could be more so, sinister? So the robots are rising again, is what you're suggesting. It, that is the suggestion, okay. yes. So AI could be taking over it so in a malicious you, way. So my question is, do you think Charlie is AI or that Charlie is a person? And you could just as argue his voice changes because he dies and his son takes over. Or he dies and his brother or takes like over. Or like James Bond, right? We get another one. And yeah. His name ain't James. That yeah. ain't James. Yeah. That's Phil. Yeah. yeah. Phil Bond. Yeah. That's why they just call him 007, because yeah. they've got nothing else that for was, him. That's Steve, <laughs> and that's Jim. <laughs> but yeah, so do you buy into this, that Charlie is in fact I AI, don't know. and that he's not a real person? Like, I don't know. Well, it, the thing is, if it's AI, and at this level in time, I know you're saying, like, from the very, very start and the origins of the internet. Which would be blah, the 70s. Blah, blah. It would mean that the 70s had AI going on. Yeah. I don't know. It's the, the AI that we have now is, I mean. Far more advanced. Far beyond what was going on there. So, my question is I didn't watch much of the series. Like the I've, original I've series. I've seen some episodes of it. I haven't. I wasn't like I'm a religious watcher. It. I'm bored by it. I you, like the movies. I told you, you don't like insane. anything that was like. 
a TV show. <laughs> you didn't like The Incredible Hulk. You were like, ah, whatever. But you watch no. like Marvel Hulk movies, and you'd watch Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Well, they, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the trajectory of of life, we slowly improve upon what we have. Yeah. So, well, you didn't like the A Team. You didn't like Incredible Hulk. I didn't like Wonder Woman, but I yeah. love the Wonder Woman movies. Yes. So, is that yeah. what you're saying? You were not a fan of OGs. You like New Generation. That's not true. Reboot. It depends on where stuff. the OG comes from. Yeah. I love Twenty One Jump Street. <laughs> I, I think if it's from the 70s, I think that's my cutoff point. When it comes to television, if it's like 70s era, I, I don't tend to be as into it. But yeah. 80s, I get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, <coughs> what do you think? What do you think? I think it's possible because they even kind of tease in the newest Charlie's Angels that it's a woman who's voicing Charlie in the first place, which begs the question, you don't even know what Charlie is. Charlie could be AI, Charlie could be a woman who's using, like, the voice changer, Charlie could be a guy, it could be anything. Charlie can be Charlotte now, that's what we've learned. Yeah. So, I think because there's so much interpretation of how you can manipulate a person's voice, even something as simple as, like, sucking a helium balloon, you can change your voice. So... Look at, hold on, look at, like, Spotify, though. Look at Spotify. They have that DJ function now in the Spotify, like, a feature. And it it talks to you and is a fake DJ, but it's all AI. Exactly. So, it's possible. Because it's only, we only hear him for short stints. It gives the assignment and then Good morning, angels. And then, you know, this, meet Eric Knox. He is the president of such and such technology. And then, like, they do a little briefing. His assistant has reached out to us on account of the stolen money. Yes. I don't know why he's starting to sound like that, but This is is the (laughs) 70s version of Charlie, apparently. (laughs) Um, But you see him very briefly. He does a debriefing. He's the equivalent of, like, a captain at a police station. He lets you know what your assignment is, and then Here's the deal. See you later. (laughs) Goodbye. Yeah. He just... Gives you your order, closes the book, he's there if you need him. Yeah. But o- open book, close book. Done. Yeah. But that also makes me think that it could be true that he is in fact an AI because Charlie, with it being a military phonetic alphabet thing, it could be a military operation because a lot of stuff in the seventies when they created Charlie's Angels and they had the eighteen and stuff like that, military was, was often 80s. Ahem. Okay. A-Team was 80s. I like A-Team. Whatever. <laughs> the, a lot of the time in the 70s and 80s, military people uh-huh. quite often came in as a villain. They were someone who didn't want to understand the situation. They wanted to just attack stuff. Yeah. And they Shoot took everything question think later. later. Yeah. And I think it's very possible that this could have been their way of trying to have, like, a different part of the military. Instead of them being a villain, they were trying to do something that was just for the greater good. The and angels? They're yes. trying to angelify? Yeah. They're trying okay. to improve I think you are built more onto image. this theory that actually came... That's what... Plausible? I'm going to say... My, yeah. my verdict? I believe it could be Plausible, real. but I, I think it would need far more information. I rather... I don't really care about Charlie in the first place, so I'll buy into this if it means I get another Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and Lucy Liu, <laughs> Charlie's Angels movie. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But at oh. this point, they're on, like, AARP. I don't care. <laughs> I'd love it if they, like, karate chopped a guy and they were like, oh, oh shit, God. my wrist, you know, right after. Like, I would live oh for that. Oh, my God. I, I love I loved those movies. And they I trained don't... for them. They did actual friggin' I training know, so that they did legit stuff. Yeah. Even I, though like Mac G love... got a little creative with they're flying through the air and what, stuff. Do you call him Mac G? That's what I call him. It's Mac G. Whatever. It's he, Mac I don't. G. I don't give a shit. I call him Mac G because he sounds cooler when you say Mac, Mac G. G. Anyway, <laughs> love your work, even if I can't say your name correctly. Whatever. Oh I my God. I love it. 
I um, love it for them. I don't care about Charlie. Charlie love, could be anyone. I don't I care. I love that you weren't really, like, really alive and, like, aware of what was going on during, like, the, the Mick G area to the point <laughs> that you could call it Mac G and not bat an eyelash <laughs> to that whole thing. I always call him Mac G because oh I think it sounds God. better than Mick G. Like, okay. he, he ends up sounding like he's a meal at McDonald's. If you say the Mac Big G. Mac G. Yeah. The Big Mac G. <laughs> it doesn't sound like that if you I call him Mac G. I didn't call him the Big Mac G. I said calling him the Mac G makes him sound like something at McDonald's. Uh, calling him Mac G sounds different. See, it sounds like want, a legit name. Now I want McDonald's. <laughs> All right. Anyway, on to our last one. Twist the Sister this week. Well, considering our history of period pieces, you'd think that we would actually stray away from a period piece for this Twist the Sister. But no! Yeah, how many is this? this you you tried me with Bridgerton. Yeah. You've tried me with... Um, Atonement. Atonement. What I, else? I would argue that uh, Anne with an E, you could say, is Anne technically with an a period e, you tried. <laughs> so I think there's a trend here. Chelsea I'm, doesn't like period, and I like it very much. Yes. Anyway, so we have For Our Twisted Sister Ever After. Oh my God. And if you haven't seen it, it's a travesty. Go watch it right now. Okay. Think of all the wonderful things you could do. For your country, for the world. Yes, but to be so defined by your position. To never be seen as who you are, but what you are. You have no idea how insufferable that is. You might be surprised. Really? A gypsy, for example, is rarely painted as anything else. They are defined by their status as your title defines you, yet it is not who they are. You have been born to privilege, and with that comes specific obligations. I am sorry. My mouth has run away with me again. Hold on. Little little bit of an intro here. I have seen Ever After. I saw it a very long time ago. I love it. When it first came out. Mm -hmm. And I... You know, it's been 25 years. Okay. 25 years since it came out. Yeah, I know. I saw it when it came out, so Jeez. I would know that. So I thought at the time, I, I loved the marketing for it. I thought it was so, so well marketed. Well, Didn't know that that's what I liked We have to keep in mind, you love, like, Princess Bride. So if they were doing marketing that made you think this was going to be, like, Princess Bride-esque, yeah. you would have been and, at the theater. And I was a huge fan at the time of Angelica, I mean, I still am, of Angelica Houston, because Angelica Houston... The witches. To me, yes. To yeah. me, was the head witch in The Witches. And I, I, that movie scared the and she was shit Morticia. out of me. And she's Morticia. Oh, yeah, she's Morticia, and I love yeah. Morticia. Yeah. So, so she was, like, Morticia. the queen <laughs> of creepy and cool. The, yeah. That was what I kn knew her for. Yeah. And when I saw she was going to be in this, I was like, that's it, I'm sold. Sure, Drew Barrymore's in it as well, but I'm there because of Angelica. See, we were pulled in for very different reasons. And you... then she wasn't in the movie very much. She's not in it that She's... much. But she doesn't need to be. Angelica Houston is one of those people, she does a cameo, and you already freaking hate her. Just because her. she's that good of a, a, a villain They wasted her. Wasted her. What do you mean they wasted her? How dare you? They didn't use her nearly you enough. You know who they wasted? Melanie Linsky. That's who they friggin' wasted in I this. I forgot she was she's in it. She's so good in it. And you love her. And she's not... Hold okay, on. Okay, we're just getting very distracted. Quick I need recap. to get into what Ever After is about so I can actually quick recap. get into just, this. Just because you just mentioned that. A yeah. lot of people don't know who Melanie Linsky is. And if you don't, you're under a rock because she's having a whole moment now. Yeah, so she's in Yellow Jackets. She's, um... If you don't know, if you don't know her from anything else, you'd know her as Rose from Two and a Half That's Men. exactly. She's that crazy neighbor who won't leave Charlie Sheen alone. Yeah, that's and, how you know her. But she's and, a great, great actress. Yes. And she's in Yellow Jackets. She's in The Last of Us. 
She's uh, in The Last of Us? Yeah. Oh, I haven't got to that yet. I haven't even seen it. Okay. Well, I'm just you... up on news. You're not, obviously, <laughs> but... I didn't but, know yeah. she was in it. And well, you know who she's with? Do you know who she's married to? I did. I can't remember now. Remind me. Ritter. Oh, right. Jason Ritter. Yeah. That's right. And I, I love Jason They've been together like 10 okay. years or something. They got a kid. Anyway, Massive we're very distracted. Tangent. Very distracted. And this is how ever, I win. Ever after. <laughs> period piece. Again, no surprise there. It's a retelling of Cinderella. Yeah. Like, you've never heard it before, though, because... Yeah, Cin no, it's pretty much the same. No, it isn't, because Cinderella is always the one... That she she has the evil stepmother, she has the evil stepsisters, she works all day, she eventually finds this fairy godmother after she's been going through the shit. I've got everything but the fairy they, godmother. They, 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 oh, shut <laughs> up. They give, they give her a lovely dress for one night, she goes off uh, to a ball, Prince falls in love with her, loses a slipper, goes home, la da da that's the end. This version of Cinderella, I love that they not only go to this beginning of the story where she's, it's just her and her father, and he marries Angelica Houston, inherits the two stepkids, and all that. They have it that he dies, and then you kind of have a time jump from when she's like 10 years old to when she's now like 18 or something like that. It's been like 6 to 10 years. And she's prime not, bachelor at age. Not only is she um, a servant, but she, you also see that she's built a family of other people that are of that station. She has all of the other servants are like her family. They're her surrogate family because they were with her before Angelica Houston and the kids showed up. They've always been a part of her life. Are you trying to sell me on this? Hold on. Based on this? No. Okay. But there's also higher stakes. Like, you don't just have it that Angelica Houston is a bitch who is making her clean the silverware. Angelica Houston straight, but she up, is. <laughs> straight up sells her to a guy who's a potential rapist. And he is prepared to do exactly that to her until she, like, fights him off repeatedly. And he, and, like, he doesn't know what no means, clearly. Um... But in addition to that, she also is an intellectual. She's not just, you know, kind, sweet Cinderella who's nice and speaks to the mice and all that. She also is an intellectual. She reads. She has, she owns one Which book. I call bullshit. She owns one okay. book, but she is this very is much an intellectual. Piece. Where yeah. did she get this education from? The library. He had an extensive library. But she can't read. She could read before her dad died in it. You know what? You haven't seen it recent enough to <laughs> give me this argument. I don't want to hear it. Anyway. Women couldn't read in those times. They were... It, her father well, wanted could. her to be better. They could read, but they... It was not like... Like, you're making it sound like she was like... I don't know. Like a Bronte sister. She was not a Bronte I sister. I didn't turn around and say she was a Bronte sister. I would not <laughs> even dare to dream to put her on that level. But she's enough of an intellectual that she knows that there is more to life than the simple socioeconomic struggles that a prince is trying to tell her about. And she's like, well, bro, you, you don't know what everyone else is going through, you know... And it opens his first eyes. First world problems. It opens his world. Champagne city. It opens his world up with fresh eyes to see, you know, at one point they're hanging out with gypsies. And gypsies were, cl like, classically known as, you know, they were thieves. They took everything. But because she stands up to them, they end up being her friends. No, that was how gypsies were portrayed. How is it super racist? They're racist. I'm not racist. It's their fault. Anyway. Um, and she, and Here's he, they. Are you talking about the director and the writer? No, the shitty people of the time. Oh, okay. The, they were all, all right. terrible. And, uh, he, like, he turns around and he frees a servant because she turns around and argues the merits that he's, you know, necessary to society. So she's a good 
She's, she's a good gonna, doer. She's a good doer more than just like the kind of, oh, be nice to everybody. She actually sees stuff through their eyes. She relates to them. She ends up friends with you know why you Da Vinci. Like her? You know why she you ends like up her? friends with frickin' Da Vinci. Yeah. He has a portrait by of her, way, Chelsea. By the way, none of this is set in reality. This is a is, You don't a know. Da Vinci could have been a cool guy. This is You've a seen Peabody tale. and Sherman. That may be a cartoon, but oh these could God. be facts. Okay. All right. Try to sell me. Anyway. Because... I think that it is a movie that teaches you to root for the underdog and... Root it, for the argumentative rough-and-tumble girl. That's what it is. Yes. It, That's why you love it. Yeah. Because she, like, she's fighting. She is crawling out of the pits of a shitty, shitty situation. And girl queen. Come on. Come on. You have to give me that. Um, no, but I yeah, don't. I, I, I just think it's awesome. I think when you watch Cinderella, you're so used to I the story. It it's so tired. And Cinderella is such a tired story for me. I watched the cartoon that Disney did. I've watched the live action. It's all the same thing to me. It all gets blurry and gray because I probably dozed off or I spaced out. And that's out. how I feel about this Ever movie. after, you don't do that because it's different. It's a new take on something that is tired and boring. And they even, like, I'm incorporate other people into it. Like, the Grimm brothers, who turn around and in their story, they're they cut off their heels and stuff. They're just anything they can with their dirty little claws no, and pulling it they in. they relate it to stuff that is evident of the time and, like, important and relevant. How? How are you grabbing, like, Da Vinci from one side and Grimm's brothers, like... Because these are people you recognize. You go, oh, I know the Grimm's brothers. They write the really creepy fairy tales. It feels but like then Bill... she turns around and educates them about the truth of the story. And this was really the story of I know. Drew Barrymore's Cinderella. But this, this really feels like Bill and Ted's excellent adventure where it's like, let's grab one from her. And it works for Bill and Ted because they're time traveling. They're going all over the place. This seems like just... Uh, I, I don't I don't even know how to describe it. It is just You haven't a, seen it in a while. You could have changed your opinion. You just you know really want to win. I, you know so what you're I think? Just like, I think your you memory, should watch it. Your memory loss is yeah. the problem, yeah. honey. You're don't old. Worry. You're old. That's the problem. This decade oh, apart is God making me. your brain go all fuzzy. You need to watch it again so it's nice and sharp. <laughs> no. I, I think you should watch it. If I'm not sold. I, I personally think if you're not a fan of Cinderella, you would like this movie. Because I'm not it's a fan different. of Cinderella. I don't like this movie. You haven't seen it in a while. You already admitted to that. You watched yes. it when you were a child because of Angelica Houston. Yes. Now you should watch it I'm for not, Melanie Linsky. I'm not That's wrong. What, I should. <laughs> should watch it what now. happens. Melanie Linsky. And then all I'm going to do is just say the exact same thing I said about Angelica Houston. They're wasting Melanie Linsky. She's not in the movie enough. It'll be the exact same argument. No. Yes, because she's not used in the movie very much. But she's so important to what happens in it. You're one of those and people she, who would have gave Judy Dench an Oscar for her six minutes of Shakespeare in Love. I watched Shakespeare in Love, <laughs> and I gotta be honest, you blink and you miss her, and I don't know why she got an Oscar. <laughs> like, don't even get me started with that. You can't compare those two things well, and make it... Well, you're handing out Oscars no. to Melanie Linsky oh, and not. Houston. No, I'm so. not. You want to hand out them. I, well, I think they deserve them. I just think they I think Drew Barrymore deserves an Oscar for all of her incredible work. I gotta say, wouldn't it have been a, a much different, like, more different film if Angelica Houston played the Cinderella character. Oh my god. <laughs> you want like a, a wicked situation. You want to have the I villain. Do. The villain was wrong. That would be so much better. So you want Ever After 2.0 where Cinderella's really a bitch. That's what you want. That's yeah, your new version. Exactly. I want the stepmother to get her, her comeuppance. You're insane. Okay. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being insane. 
If it means that I'm right, and right now I am right. You're not right. You you ha- you already admitted you haven't seen it in so long. Yeah. You're yeah. like, I haven't seen it since it came out. Yeah, 25 years yeah, I ago. I think I saw it in the theater, actually. Yeah. Which was rare when Little I was Little six-year-old Chelsea sitting there like, a Chelsea Houston! <laughs> the yeah. only child in the theater who knew yeah. who Chelsea Houston was. Yeah. <laughs> six-year-old you was so excited. 31-year-old you should be like, I'm going to give it a chance. I'm going to watch Ever After again. Well, I'm going to say that I'm not sold. I do think that the one downside to Ever After, just because I'm not even going to sell you one anymore, I'm selling the listeners, I think that it's one of those rare situations where... How are you selling them if you're telling them the downside? Because I want them to know that I can see flaws in things. Okay. I don't just go, Angelica Houston's in it, it's the best thing ever. (laughs) Um, The prince in it, to me... Who is the prince? I don't even, I don't remember. even remember his name. I don't. I. I don't see him in anything other than Ever After once a year when I rewatch it. So okay, I'm gonna look him up. I'm gonna. Um, look him. I'm gonna but, see what this fellow looks like. But for me, I know he's supposed to be like super dreamy. But I was sitting there, I was like, Drew Barrymore could do better. Get a different prince. Go to like. <laughs> get Adam Sandler. He's gotta have in a here. cousin. He's gotta have a cousin. Bring yeah. Adam Sandler yeah. to the. Go get Adam Sandler. <laughs> Go get Adam Sandler. He'll be the court jester. She could marry him. Marry the court jester? Yeah. yeah. But Very different. Uh, I know that he was supposed to be dreamy in it, and I was watching him, like, eh. But then oh, again, there, there are different situations where, like we said before, Adam Sandler has the dreamy effect, even though when you initially see Adam Sandler on a red carpet in some sweats, you're like, that guy, really? But then, you know, he creates a story that is so awesome, and it's so funny, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, God, yeah. I, I, am, an, I am a Sandler stan for life. So... I, I don't understand what a stan is. I'm, I am getting so old. Okay, so his name is Doug Ray Scott. Yeah. He is a Scottish actor. Yeah. You know me, I love me a Scott, but I, I, don't, do. see, I don't see the appeal. Me too. I don't see the appeal in him, though, when I'm watching oh, it. This is when we pull out our bad Scottish accents. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Well, you he, already heard mine, He's far. He's far... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he's far more attractive now, I think, than then. Okay, but here's the, the very important question. So because you're getting this, stuck on what he looks like now. We need to make yeah. Ever After Now? Is that what you're telling yeah, me? Yeah, make, make, make it again. <laughs> just like you with just Charlie's Angels. Make Ever After Again. Let's see if it improves. No, here's my key question here. Because this is what always sticks in my mind. I sure. remember in the, 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 the um, theatrical trailer for it. Yes. She, she, there's that moment where she goes, just breathe, or something like that, and she's all dolled up, and this is supposed to be her beautiful fairy godmother type I of gown. I love it. Her fairy core gorgeousness yeah. at the ball. She has wings. Yes, she has goddamn wings, everybody. He, Leonardo da Vinci made her wings for her dress. That's right. There is no fairy godmother in this. You have Leonardo da Vinci. He is Spoiler the fairy alert, godmother. no fairy godmother. Leonardo If da that's Vinci what you're here dead. for, the fairy godmother. <laughs> well, I'm looking at it again because like I was like, okay, let's let, let's not trust it's my memory since gorgeous. you said it's shot. It's gorgeous. Which is baloney. But I am looking at this right now and I'm not I'm not sold on the dress either. So <laughs> we're in trouble. Are you I'm... telling me during the Renaissance era you didn't like the fashion? No. Shocking, Chelsea. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> You know what else is happening there? They got a masquerade where a girl's got a horse on her head. This is not mm. fashion that you'd want to see now. And if you do, you're going to like New York Fashion Week or Paris Fashion Week, and you're just there to see crazy shit. Her peasant I... outfit is better, I think. Oh yeah, she's gorgeous in the peasant stuff. But yeah. I think that's the truth. That's why all the peasants were getting married and having a million kids because they were like, "God, she looks nice." 
Right for the picking. And then you went and you got married and you had seven kids. Oh my god. Did you know that Drew Barrymore reunited? Yes, with... I did. For the oh, 25th okay. anniversary. How do you think I knew about the 25th anniversary, oh. Charles? I'm up on the news. That's really cute. And I would argue that Melanie Linsky looks gorgeous here. She looks better here than she does in the freaking movie. Okay, I didn't actually finish my sentence because you jumped I knew where you were down going. my throat. I, I'm, a, I'm a psychic. I knew exactly Drew where Barrymore you were going. Drew Barrymore has a talk show yes. and on it she had all of the people come back together, including the blonde stepsister who I yeah. can't remember her name at all had them all come and do like what looks like a reenactment no they just came dressed like that and they held hands talked about the movie he came in you know well, a you scottish guy oh scottish boy king yes he did de gray de gray scott yeah okay all right well i think that's it for this week i say no you say yes i say potato I... you say potato so i'm right no <laughs> <laughs> established. You no, just set I, yourself up there. I will start saying potato now everywhere. <laughs> I would like a nice potato chip. That'll be or probably for our next podcast. I'll bring you a potato chip. Bring me some potato chips. And I'll eat a potato chip while you enjoy yourself. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Go watch Ever After Charlie's Angels from 2000, as well as the sequel, Full Throttle, which I think is 2002. Don't and do the Wedding that. Singer. Just watch do The it. Wedding Singer. Do it. Watch yeah. all three, possibly four if you want to watch a sequel. Do it and do it now. Or just be on my side and just do what the hell you want. Have a good week. I'm encouraging you to be cultured, though. Have a good week! (laughs) Okay, bye.